You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels Podcast. This is our 17th episode of Season 2 for the episode Shroud of Darkness. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's happening, everybody, Rebels fans? Mike, wow. Yeah. Jam-packed episode oh coming up, God. man. Everything, Ahsoka, Yoda, Anakin, uh, Darth Vader. It's just like, wow. Uh, yeah, we we asked yeah, like, both Inquisitors. I forgot about that. Uh, I mean, actually, we asked. Yeah, all three Inquisitors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, we've been we've been uh, chomping at the bit for for some serious uh, meat we got from that trailer. And boy, yeah. did we get a lot of it this week. Yeah. But we'll, uh, we will definitely get there in a few minutes here. Let's just run down. Just a couple of things that were going on the last week. Hey, yeah, for sure. This is this is serious spoiler material, and I actually um, give everybody just a chance to skip forward a minute or two. I'm going to be talking about some upcoming stuff from Rebels, and Mike, there's a clip going around right now, a uh, little trailer that was aired on Disney XD. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like this was an underground thing or some secret thing that leaked out. It was out on on TV. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. There's a clip going around with Darth Maul and Ezra. And uh, wow, talk about we thought this was some good stuff. I mean, coming in this episode, wait till you hear some of this stuff going on. I'll just play just a real quick clip of the little tease that we got. It's like 20 seconds long. Uh, check this out. It pulls at him, it calls to it. Eventually, it will be consumed by it. And that was like a little little hard to hear, but if you saw the clip, and those of you listening, if you did, wow. I mean, we got Ezra, and he is, looks like he is training with Darth Maul. And I'm not sure why they would put that out, you know, as as a, a preview or a tease coming up, because that seems very... Like that's huge, yeah. you know, story-wise. Yeah, and, and, but they're gonna they're gonna throw it out there. So I don't know if this is some kind of misdirect or what's going on. Yeah, I don't did, know. did you did you see that? I, I did. I did see it. I did see it online. Okay. Um, obviously, I, I didn't 
Canada, we don't get the same previews as you guys all the time. So I didn't see the preview on the episode, but uh, but we did. I did see it on a website uh, uh, in the following days, and it's it is very odd because like that's from the last two episodes, right? Which which are going to air as a one hour finale, um, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's not for like another month, right? Right, because um, we've got a week off, and then we have two weeks of of this chopper storyline. Chop- I think, right? Because um, we've got what it's. Uh, what's the next episode called? It's something. Go about a droid. Forgotten droid. Forgotten we got droid. the forgotten and then, and then we have the secret Chop of chopper base after that, right? So, right. Um, which which I'm suspecting is is Chopper finding them a new base, right? Like that that whatever little adventure Chopper's about to go on to get this new leg, uh, that he's gonna he's gonna end up leading them to to basically what this whole season has been about, which is defeating the Inquisitors and getting away from Darth Vader while finding a new base, right? Right. Right. So I uh, yeah, it's very odd that that there's that and then. And then we're getting previews already for the season finale, um, mm-hmm. but but I think maybe coming off of this episode, it was important for them to to reinforce that idea that Ezra is is he's he's susceptible to to the dark side, right? That that's oh yeah that that's going to be a problem for him. So um, yeah. Some yeah, crazy, uh, some visuals too. I mean, you're, you're seeing Ezra doing some some stuff. He's force choking one of the uh, this the seventh sister. Yeah. And, and like, whoa, whoa, this is he's he's oh man, man. So, and they kind of previewed it as far as this episode we're going to talk about in a minute, and, yeah. and about you know the the call to the dark side, and we'll talk about that. But oh uh, wow, yeah. If you're not excited for what's coming up as far as that finale, wow, this is going to go in places that um, I, I can't wait to see this, man. This is so good, so yeah. good. But uh, with that, um, uh, let's go. Let's talk about some Blu-ray stuff. And, you know, last week, Mike, we talked about the uh, potential stuff that was coming out in the Blu-ray. We finally got confirmation April 1st and 5th, 5th for the Blu-ray and 1st for the uh, digital download. Uh we're finally getting the Force Awakens, so I can't wait for that. And and uh, some of the stuff that we had teased last week looks like it is true. Uh, the only thing that bothers me—not bothers me, but I'm kind of bummed that the table reads only four minutes long. Yeah. Um, I, I guess you know I, I, when I think about it, it's like okay, maybe we don't want to watch you know a half hour of people reading lines, but I don't know. It's it's kind of neat. So um, I guess we'll just get some teases of how that first meeting went. But you know that that picture of that that. First thing we image we got from the Force Awakens from that table read it was such a like almost iconic type picture now, and now we're going to get to go behind the scenes it look like, but uh, hey I tell you what the 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 creme to the creme obviously of these things is the behind the scenes videos and they got about a seventy minute uh, video called Secrets of the Force Awakens: The Cinematic Journey and and here's the thing Mike with this stuff like nowadays with how movies are made they make like full on documentaries while they're making the movie, which is so freaking cool because we get to go behind the scenes and see, we're going to see some really great stuff. I mean, one of the best behind the scenes docs ever was, um, the one that came out of, uh, the last Blu-ray and why am I, I always draw a blank on the damn name, but it was a phenomenal piece that maybe it was, oh, 
gosh, I can't remember what the name of it is. Anyway, everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's uh, the one that starts off with the beginnings of how George started all the way through, you know, till the end. And it's, it's so good. But this is going to be another one of those um, that I can't wait to see this. And like I said, these things are like many documentaries now, and it's so cool. Anything on this list that um, you're excited about? I know we got a lot of deleted scenes. The deleted scenes, it's so crazy, Mike, that... There's, uh, they're showing six of them, I guess. Um, and they total, I mean, they total like maybe what, two minutes of actual time. It's like, man, you couldn't put those in. It's only two more minutes, but that's just what the editors are there for to cut out stuff that maybe they don't think they really need. But anything on here, anything else on here that kind of excites you? Um, you know, I, the, the, the director, uh, sorry, not the director, the, uh, the documentary, um, is definitely something that I'm looking forward to. The fact that it is feature length, um, yeah. meaning that it's it's at least you know an hour long uh, feature. Actually, in, in order to qualify as a feature, you only have to hit the 40 minute mark, I think. But mm-hmm. but I think when they say that 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 uh, that they mean that it's going to be you know like a, a full a full. Do they give a a, a runtime on the documentary anywhere? Yeah, know. it's uh, it's just under seventy minutes, so it's sixty nine fourteen. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's really exciting because that'll be a really cool look at the behind the scenes and everything, and and um, and there's definitely already with the little preview video that they've released on YouTube. You, oh, yeah. you already see some things that it's like we were only speculating about, and I was saying like. Because I was saying from from a while ago, everybody was like, oh, man, it's so cool that BB-8 was real on the set the whole time. And that one that we saw on on the stage at Disneyland or at, at Celebration. And it's like, no, no, like they were really clear. The one from Celebration was made after the fact, right? Mm-hmm. Like that on set he was he was puppeteered by by other things. And so we've already seen a little bit of that. And so it'll be cool to sort of pull back the curtain and get a little bit more of that stuff and see just how, how much of, of, uh, how much of something like BB-8 was CG and how much was practical seeing, uh, I, you know, all, all those different sorts of things, the, the deleted scenes, the, the, uh, definitely seeing the, the, um, the, so we talked about it last week, the sequence where, where, Kylo Ren goes on board the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, searches the Falcon. Yeah, yeah. and, and the, the speeder chase and all that stuff. Um, yeah. It's going to be really cool. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited to, to get a little bit of that table read. Um, and hopefully they actually show us some of the table read. It's not yeah. just them sort of talking about it, but, but it's sort of intercut with them uh, doing the, the table read. Uh, it would be so cool to get the whole table read, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's what I was saying. That's I thought we might get yeah. something like that, and but uh, but a little taste is cool yeah. too. That this is one of those things. Yeah. yeah, and the and and I think we got a little taste of the John Williams, uh, uh, oh right sequence uh, with that video that they released the other week. Um, so uh, hopefully, hopefully it's more than just that. Hopefully it's not just a YouTube video that they've stuck because that. That always drives me nuts when you get something when you get like a, it, like on the on the the Clone Wars and Rebels Blu-rays they put the the whatever what did they call them with Clone Wars 
they didn't call because they're Rebels Recon. I can't remember what they were with the Clone Wars. Oh yeah, gotcha. Do, like they're behind the scenes for Clone Wars, same as Rebels Recon, and they right. put those on the disc as if those are special features. And it's like these are not special features. <laughs> I can go on the internet and watch them for free. Yeah, um, no. So that always kind of annoys me. So hopefully it's a little bit more than that. But um, but yeah, I mean. As excited as I am for this, I'm bummed that the digital release isn't isn't two weeks early like it yeah, usually is for most know. movies these days. Especially because I already bought the digital release, which doesn't have any of the special features. So I also have to buy the Blu-ray if I want to watch any of these special features. And then to top it all off, note, the 3D version of Star Wars The Force Awakens will be available later this year. Thank, thanks a lot, Disney. Thanks Boo. a lot. Yeah, it, like they really, I feel like they've really botched this release. There better be something freaking awesome on that three D on that three D Blu Ray for them to justify it being delayed yeah. until later this year. Because we're both going to be buying two of these. Exactly. Because we got to buy this blue right now, and then we got to buy a three D yeah, later. So on. I mean, yeah. I've already I've already put in a refund request to to PlayStation Network saying like this is this is nonsense. Uh, I bought this expecting it to be an earlier release, and your bonus was. I think I talked about that last week that the that it said that there was like a bonus. Yeah. Um, theme, and then it just ended up being a Battlefront theme, and I was like, this is the worst. Like. That is not what I wanted. I wanted I wanted the Force Awakens poster for the theme. Like this was false advertising, and so I I, I, I wrote them a very strongly worded refund <laughs> request. Saying, strongly worded. Yeah, yeah. that uh, that uh, it's nonsense, and that they should have release dates on things that go up in the store. Um, but I I will see if that goes through. I I I don't know. I doubt it, but. Uh, so I will probably be buying this three times, and yeah. I'm just looking in my my Amazon order of it that I pre-ordered on December 27th, which was basically when they first went up, is sitting at at twenty eight dollars. But uh, Walmart.ca has uh, has the the Blu-ray for for uh, oh no it's twenty nine. Oh, that's for the special one. I think the regular one. The regular Blu-ray is twenty four ninety six, but the special one with the BB eight packaging is is twenty nine. So I'm just gonna get the BB eight packaging instead. So it could, if, yeah. if I have to buy it multiple times, then I'm gonna get the BB eight packaging from Walmart. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Now the only other issue you'll have is like, where do you buy it from? Because each place has a yeah. you know. I think Best Buy has the uh, Kylo Ren uh, tin uh, or yeah. the steel book. Yeah, Best Buy has the steel book that matches the rest of the steel books that they released last year, late last mm-hmm. year. Was that is that when it was? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, uh, yeah, you said the Walmart BB-8 one, and then the yeah. Target is. Oh, Target is. Um, the Target one is normal, other than the fact that it has 20 minutes of, of bonus content, including never-before-seen interviews with Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and a deeper look at the movie's costumes and weaponry. So, I I, I will tell you this. That's bizarre. Uh, if if you want the Walmart combo pack, uh, the, the Walmart exclusive BB-8 package, or you want the Steelbook package, just go get them. Because that 20 minutes will be available online now yeah, i was gonna say that would that'd be screwed up if you you know it's not going to be available for free online at least not anytime soon but 
but you'll be able to find it online. Oh, Somebody yeah. will put that on YouTube or yeah. or a torrent site or something like that. So if you're really, really torn and you don't want to have to buy it twice and then buy the 3D one later, then, then I would say to get whichever version you want to get and then just go online and look for that because yeah. like and normally I wouldn't advocate this sort of thing because because it you know like you pay for content because people work really hard and and uh, I you know e- even a corporation like Disney that's as big as it is even Lucasfilm you know they're pulling in billions of dollars off of the Force Awakens already um they still deserve to be paid for for what they produce right so mm-hmm. so i uh, i don't go online and you know pirate the whole thing but when when these retailer exclusives happen and content is only given to one and not to another like that just aggravates the heck out of me so that's why i say like this this 20 minutes of bonus content it's probably not even that big of a deal. It's probably not right. even that great. You'll watch it once and you'll never need to watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. And it'll probably end up being on the 3D Blu-ray. So, like, because in order to get people to buy that 3D Blu-ray later this year, they're going to have to pack that full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. My my suspicion is that they're going to do something similar to what I... What, uh, universal did with uh jurassic world and and when they put out they put out the jurassic park collection uh mid 2015 i think like in in may of 2015 and obviously jurassic world didn't come out until i think it was it was june june Um, i think yeah yeah and obviously the blu-ray then didn't come out until like october and november so knowing that like like this Blu-ray set is a tie-in to Jurassic World coming out in the theater, um, they they put an extra. It, they did it in like you remember the uh, first couple seasons of Clone Wars, how they were in that cool book instead of being in a plastic case, right? Like they had like the hardcover book sort of feel to it. They did the same sort of thing in each sleeve, set very similar to the um, to the to the star wars saga Blu-ray? collection the blu-ray right. saga collection um they have like the sleeves where you slide in the the discs and and they had two extra sleeves at the back for jurassic world and jurassic world 3d so if you bought the three 3d pack you you can just stick those in there so um which ended up being really cool because because now all of my jurassic world movies are together but then i also have the collector's tin which i don't usually i don't usually get the collectible versions like like i don't get the steel books for uh the marvel movies because i don't have the steel books for all of them so it would annoy me to just have the steel books of some so i just have the 3d editions of everything right so it's consistent so that it's the same set um so so it's it was cool to me that like I could have it and it I have that that mentality of like it's a set because I have all of the movies in the one in the one book right and then but then I also have this cool Jurassic World collector tin version which isn't even like I don't even know how you're supposed to display it because it's not it's not a it's not DVD sized it's a round tin like it's the Jurassic World logo in a round tin that's just the size of a blu-ray 
and right. like it, it, you can't put it on your shelf. I, it's 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 a weird thing, but it's just cool that I have it because I didn't have to worry about it. But like, my hope is that they're they're gonna put out with this 3D Blu-ray, uh, something like that, like a sleeve set like that that will have slots for the older movies and the newer movies. Right. Some something like that. Something that 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 you know we'll only have to buy the 3d versions once we won't have to to go back and and repurchase everything in one big set in order to have it as a set right but i don't that's probably hopeful thinking um because they will more (laughs) than likely re-release and re-release and re-release but yeah i'm looking at that steelbook um the kylo ren cover man i just kylo ren is my favorite character so uh that's probably the one i'm gonna look to get to and then, of course, have to buy it again. Yeah. In 3D later on, but yeah. hey, it's you know. I'm gonna order this this BB-8 one today. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah, don't, I don't know what these galactic connections trading discs are. Though, have you ever seen these before? No, I haven't. No. I think I think they're little. They're just little like trading cards, but. Yeah. Stupid. I just wanted the BB-8 cover. That'll make me so happy. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Last thing going on, uh, though, before we get to the uh, recap here, is, hey, Han Solo is getting his own five-issue comic series. Mike, and I, I tell you what, these, they're just going you know, crazy with this, uh, with this comics now. Now, everybody's, yeah. I mean, everybody's getting a comic series now, and it's not necessarily a full comic series, but just like a, this one's a five-issue one. So um, it's coming out, uh, or the uh, time frame is between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, written by Marjorie Liu and illustrated by Mark Brooks, which I don't know any of those two. Um, but, oh, hey, what do you think? Another story Another. taking place between A New Hope and, a, and The Empire Strikes <laughs> I Back. I think we've seen this before, right? Apparently, apparently there's a 10-year gap between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, according to the new continuity, because they just keep cramming stories in there. Yeah. And I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Like they <clears throat> That's not true. Let me go back on that. I do understand it. I feel like they have an opportunity to go in and and properly fill those gaps with something like they did with Shadows of the Empire back in the mid 90s and say, "Okay, definitively this is what happened between these two movies." Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, splinters of the splinter of the mind's eye didn't happen because it involves Vader and Luke facing off against each other before Empire Strikes Back. Let's retcon that with a comic book where Vader and Luke face off before the Empire Strikes Back. So <laughs> annoying! I how you hate that. I know. Instead, what they're doing is they're going for the cash grab, and they're gonna fit as many stories in that time frame as they possibly can, and milk that for everything it's worth. This is going to be like the the prequel era before the prequels came out um, all over again. We are not going to get a heck of a lot between Jedi and The Force Awakens until this new trilogy is done. Once the new trilogy is done and we have clearly defined storylines for where Luke was and... and uh, what went on and who Snoke is and stuff like that. Then they'll start telling us those stories. But until then, it's going to be shrouded in darkness, right? We've got Bloodline coming out later this year, um, which is a story about Leia. Guaranteed, guaranteed, it's going to give very little backstory for Kylo Ren and Snoke, and it's going to have nothing to do with Luke. 
and it will just be Leia leaving uh, the New Republic to uh, to you know uh, uh, go full into the Resistance. Um, it takes place six years before uh, the Force Awakens, so like that's still twenty four years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So they're still leaving huge, huge gaps in there. So that's why they're focusing so much on the gap between A New Hope and Empire. Um, with so far, I think the new continuity only having one story that takes place between Empire and Jedi, and that's the uh, the Journey to the Force Awakens book that um, that focuses on Princess Leia, and it's uh, and it, it it actually like the main characters of that are Princess Leia and and uh, Nian Num, which is very weird. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. Like they they they're really forcing that to make him a central character in Star Wars, where like. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I, the character is fine. There's nothing wrong with, with good old Nian Num and his uh, his his old school connections to Lando and Han and in the smuggling world and that. Like, he's basically another one of them, right? Like, and it's really it's it's not that it's downplayed in in Return of the Jedi. It didn't exist in Return of the Jedi. He was just Lando's co-pilot. But in the expanded universe since then, they've expanded him to be to be this like he's like a swashbuckler just like the two of them which i think is really weird but then uh, so odd battlefront the new the new heroes that are being added to it mm-hmm. this makes no sense arnian num and greedo chewbacca hasn't even been added yet like right. one of the core cast members hasn't even been added as a as a playable hero for battlefront yet and and yeah, no, because like for some reason they're pushing him as a like he's gonna be back in in episode eight, and like it, it's just so odd to me. It's so odd to me that he's. I like, think it's not odd that he's in the Force Awakens. It's very odd that he's in an X-wing flying with Poe Dameron and the rest of them at the end of the <laughs> yeah. movie. It's like why is isn't he kind of old like <laughs> i know he's gonna be a, yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's a it's a little weird to me that they're like that that of all of the characters that they could pick to push on us that they're like you know what that's celestin people have been asking for no nobody's been asking for Nian numb no one's been asking for that that's not true there's like there's at least one guy there's at least one guy out there who's been banging the Nian numb drum and, uh, and that's and the guy who played Ian Yum. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I, but anyways, no, Han Solo uh, comic. I mean, it, 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 it'll hopefully be good. Uh, who's the team behind it? Do we, do we know that? It just says it's written by Marjorie Liu and illustrated by Mark Brooks. And I don't yeah, know either so one of them. I don't think, I don't know that, that Marjorie Liu, I don't know that, that, that writer has written any of the other Star Wars. It's definitely not the person who's responsible for the Star Wars ongoing, right. which is a train wreck. Uh, just a just an unadulterated piece of garbage. That's the one where, in the first volume, in the first six issues, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker fight on some random planet we've never heard of, some random junkyard planet, and then Darth Vader hires Boba Fett to capture Luke, mm-hmm. and so Luke and Boba Fett fight. And Luke gets a Luke escapes in both situations before he's had any training. Like like he's learned how to block remotes, right? And, and 
he was uh, very fortunate to use the force and, and, and blow up the Death Star. And that's it. That's all he's done at this point. Right. And yet he's supposedly so good with the force that he can escape from Vader, which he could he barely managed in Empire. And, uh, and that's the big and, issue right there. Yeah. And escapes from Boba Fett, making Boba Fett an even bigger punk than he already is. Yeah. Yeah. That's I a tell thing. Yeah. So this Han Solo comic better better do something great because the because the the Journey to the Force Awakens book. Um, oh, what was it called? smugglers something or other um it was actually really good it, it, it was a really good one-off story it mm-hmm. didn't need to take place between those two movies but um uh, it does introduce a character that ends up coming back in the princess leia one so i uh, like they're, they're kind of connected in that respect but but <clears throat> um it just seems like like they're they're just focusing on this one specific era way yeah. too much for my liking like you can but they're they're with han solo they're also not allowed to go back and tell any earlier stories because guess what a han, solo movie. a han solo movie <laughs> yeah. so like <clears throat> i've said it before and i'll say it again and i'm going to keep saying it until everybody understands the new continuity is another expanded universe it doesn't count for anything it doesn't count for anything at all the movies count the tv shows count everything else is completely and utterly secondary and will eventually be overridden by something hmm. eventually right like like sooner or later everything's going to get overridden except for the movies uh so if you're if you're heavily invested in it already then you you're you're going down a dark path and I can't help you because you're going to be upset in 10 years when they go these books are out of control. Let's wipe the continuity again because once you like that first time is the hardest, but after that they come faster and faster and faster. And that's come from a comic book fan who like now they're on like a two to three year cycle with Marvel and DC where they will wipe the continuity or they'll, they'll have soft reboots and say, okay, we're starting from number ones again and, and all that sort of thing. I mean, like DC is about to do it again this summer. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and they're going to go back to what they were doing before, but kind of different. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And now that, that, that Disney and Marvel have a hand in star Wars, this is what's going to happen because the reason they do it is to get new, new readers to get new new consumers mm-hmm. right and uh and and at, at a certain point star wars is gonna have to do that as well because you know they're producing so much content so fast with no oversight that that it, it's it's gonna cause all sorts of confusion and issues um i think that's what is the biggest thing to me is like when they took when when disney took over and you know, they said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna you know redo the whole canon thing. We're gonna do some." Con- I had no idea they were gonna be doing as many. Con- I mean, look at all the. I mean, already look at all the comics. And I and I was like, "Oh, cool, they're gonna do a couple comics here and there. Yeah, that'd be cool." But now everybody, and I think one of the things with this Han Solo thing is maybe they're kind of, um, uh, kind of piggybacking off of the Force Awakens how we lost Han Solo. Yeah. And okay, so everybody's like all bummed about we we don't see Han Solo anymore. Oh, let's give him a comic. But I'm more interested in like I want to see you know I, I'm kind of intrigued about this Poe comic. And if you're gonna do comics, 
maybe hit something that um, that we don't know. Like, well, see, if you go before the Force Awakens and you're in that prequel kind of thing again. Yeah. Um, but I still think there would be some cool stories about Kylo Ren and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know if they're going to save that for another type of medium, maybe books. But yeah, I kind of want to go there now. Um, I'm not necessarily jazzed about a Han Solo comic set in between. You know, no, Star Wars guess- and Empire. I'm super psyched about about the uh, about the Poe Dameron comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in fact much like the Kanan comic, which I I couldn't wait for the the trade paperbacks, so I get that in issues. I will be doing the same with Poe Dameron because, like, oh, man, it's so weird. It's so weird to say things like this because you know we've had the the original trilogy obviously forever. Uh, my entire existence, the, the 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 whole of the original trilogy has existed, so that just is there. Yeah. So saying like Han Solo is my favorite, one of my favorite characters, that's easy, right? Like that's no problem because he's one of the originals. And then saying you know like getting to the point with the prequels after a certain amount of time, going like, oh, I guess Obi Wan's actually my favorite character because I have a shrine to him in my home. Uh, which was yeah. unintentional and just kind of happened after they kept releasing awesome Obi-Wan stuff. Right. And yet, like, I have no Han Solo statues, so I had to go like, no, actually, Obi-Wan's my favorite character. <laughs> but now I'm at the point where it's like, well, Kanan's pretty high up there, and, like, is he better than Obi-Wan? No. Is he better than Han? No, but he's definitely, like, he's top three. And then The Force Awakens comes out, and I'm like, is Poe Dameron cooler than all of them? I don't. I don't know. Like, don't it's say a, that. It's such a weird thing in 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 <laughs> a fandom like this, one with such a long legacy, um, but that is like it's been so renewed in the last few years. So you say what you will about Disney and and the 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 acquisition and all that, and wiping out the old canon and getting rid of Thrawn and and Mara Jade and and uh, uh, Admiral Pelion and, and a ton of characters that everybody loves. Um, you know, Kip Duran and, and uh, uh, Kyle Katarn and Corrin Horn. Uh, and and uh, I'm, I know I'm missing everybody's favorite character by not saying any of them. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it, what they have given us in return has been better than that old stuff by a mile mm-hmm. other than the other than the books and comics right but like the official stuff the with rebels and and uh, and the force awakens it's like i will if if you asked me to trade like if i had the ability to go back and change it and and make them force them retroactively to to fix you know the the sequel trilogy and basically make it based off of the old books I uh, I wouldn't do it because I think that what we've got is so much better. Yeah. It's far superior mm-hmm. to uh, to to the old expanded universe. And I know I'm probably in the minority on that. I think that a lot of people wish that the the Force Awakens was more like the old EU. But but yeah. for me, it's like no way. This what we have now is way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the First Order is way better than the Imperial Remnant. It's way better than the Yuuzhan Vong. I uh, I and uh, and and Kylo Ren is better than 
the long walk to Darth Cadis that ended up just kind of being a betrayal of that character of, of Jason Solo, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like if Kylo Ren, like, that's, we, we are introduced to him as this character, it's one thing. And to go back and say, like, well, how did he get to be this? It's very similar to how we treat Darth Vader, right? Right. Um, how, wow, it's almost like they did that on purpose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's almost like Strange. J.J. and Lawrence, like, they, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They thought about it. They, they sat down and they went, hmm, how do we make this a new Star Wars movie? I know, we'll just make it an old Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I, I know for people who love... Uh, Anakin Solo and Jason and Jaina Solo that uh, that there's a there's a good number of people that those last few books where where Jason turns and and uh, kills Mara Jade and all that. sorry spoilers for books that don't count oh, continuity yeah. <laughs> I I that I know that a lot of people felt felt kind of betrayed by by that character um and and so like you know a character who's designed to do that is much better than a character who seemed like they were going to be a hero the whole way through and then randomly out of nowhere starts going evil yeah um, right it's just because they needed a new sith lord to to keep the the expanded universe going <laughs> um yeah yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. the new EU is just as dumb as the old EU, and uh, you'll never convince me otherwise. I just read the Lando comic, and, and the Lando comic was great, and one of the reasons why it was so great is because it didn't touch anything. It right. was completely self-sufficient and didn't rely on any other stories. It didn't bring in any of the big three. Like it was. There's one mention of the Millennium Falcon, and the really cool thing is that it's actually it's not an origin story for Lando. It's an origin story for Lobot, mm. which, which like that's all I'll say because I don't want to spoil it for people who are gonna go read it. Uh, uh, but people should go read that. They should be reading Kanan yeah. if they're not already. Especially if you're listening to this podcast, you should be reading Kanan. Right, it's one of the best comics going. I heard some good stuff about uh, that Lando. Actually, one. actually, I think it's done. Yeah, like, almost done. I think we're waiting on a, maybe the last one. I know they were. Yeah. Th- Cutting it off at twelve or thirteen. I think the, the second last issue came out this week. I think mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that the next it's basically two volumes, which is fine. Like that's that's fine by me. Like like they've told. I feel like they've told enough of his story that we know who Caleb Doom was, um, and and what's important now is finding out who Kanan Jarrus is. Right. 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 Um, so like we understand and it's weird the way that they did it because they kind of did it backwards where they did the story of order 66 forward to him becoming Kane and Jarrus and then they've gone back now and they've told the story of him first teaming up with Depa Balaba and uh, as as his master mm-hmm. and and uh, and meeting the the clone troopers that eventually betray him. Betray him so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it, the both volumes have been awesome. First volume, I think a little maybe a little bit better than the second volume, but but both awesome, both great, like like both 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 high nine tens uh, out of ten in my opinion. Yeah, high praise, um, high praise. Because because also great art. I mean, like it's very rare that you can get a great story and great art to coincide in these sort of like mass produced um uh assembly line comics but uh but they've managed to do that with with that and with lando which was great and the first volume of darth vader was a really cool story although it it is partially nonsense 
Um, but about, it is a great story. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things too that that you could say about them is at least they're not doing just like ongoing. Like they're just doing the five issues and the and the twelve yeah. or the thirteen. So they're not like I guess yeah. overdoing it. So you get these quick and, little stories and yeah, yeah. I think I think that is the way to do it because the Star Wars ongoing. I think that they've they've tried too much to make it a comic book comic book. Mm-hmm. So this is the way that I look at the Star Wars ongoing. It's a Marvel Star Wars comic, which means it's just like the old Marvel Star Wars comic. It doesn't count for anything. Mm-hmm. They're just fun stories with Star Wars characters. They are not continuity, and the Darth Vader book falls into that. But some of these one offs like Lando. Uh, the Poe Dameron one that's coming out, Shattered Empire, which is also a great comic, mm. four issues, really short. Uh, you can, I think you can pick up the trade paperback now. Um, really great, ties into Poe Dameron's origin because uh, it's about his oh, yeah. parents. parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, really great. So if you if you can't wait for Poe Dameron, although you don't really have to wait that long because I think it comes out at the beginning of April. Um, but yeah, if if you can't wait for that, I would say go pick up Shattered Empire because it'll give you a little bit of backstory on that character. Um, but uh, I, great comic, great art, great great little sort of vignette stories, very reminiscent of Clone Wars of early Clone Wars season one, um, where it's sort of like here's an adventure, and now here's another adventure, and now here's another adventure. Yeah. Um, and then they all kind of tie together to tell a larger story. Right. But, um, I yeah. I, I, they're doing okay things with the comics, but they're also doing some pretty obnoxious things with the comics. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just the most important thing that I can say is don't take this continuity seriously. It doesn't count for anything. It doesn't. Like, the movies are the only thing that really matters at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Even the TV shows are lesser than that. <clears throat> they said that everything was going to be the same level of continuity moving forward, and that is not true. What? It's no different than it's ever been. There's G level canon. There's there's standard canon. There's uh, uh, we had F level canon on front lines, <laughs> which was stuff that we decided, uh, that, which was our our head cannons. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I guess now we'll have R level canon for for rebels. But uh, I yeah, like it it it's not it's not all figured out they're they're making it up as they go so you don't have to take it all seriously yeah yeah so yeah we'll see what happens with the han solo thing i'm sure i'll probably check it out as well but um it's just one of those ones that i'm not like super jazzed about but yeah but uh i guess with that we will uh let's talk some rebels huh yeah all right let's do it to defeat your enemy you have to understand them Everywhere we go, we run into those guys. He's sending us reinforcements. Sham Sindona, at your service. You're a princess. I feel like because I can fight, I have to. The Jedi are growing in their power. My gut tells me this is a trap. Is it wrong for me to fight? Growing your abilities are... You should have seen him in person. He was my master. The dark side. It pulls at him. Call me Old Master. Hang on! I hate it when she says that. Ezra, don't! Ahsoka, why did you leave? Rex! Ah! 
All right, here we go with Shroud of Darkness. Location scouting for a potential secret base. Kanan and Ezra are found by the Inquisitors. They duel furiously, and the fifth brother sends the Padawan sailing over a cliff with a powerful force push. Kanan grabs his apprentice, saving him from certain death. He throws Ezra topside, and after some more fighting, Ezra has a plan. Jump. Thanks to the connection to the animals, Atibidi rises to save them. This was you, Kanan asks. Simultaneously, impressed and bewildered, they head back to the Phantom and the fleet. Kanan doesn't understand how the Inquisitors know their every move. And wow, Mike, do we jump right into the mix on this yeah. episode? Holy crap. I mean, uh, yeah. Kanan and Ezra are looking for, uh, so they're looking for this rebel base. This is a common theme. I mean, we, you mentioned that earlier, Mike, how, how this season is kind of like this, this search, and we'll probably end up with something like uh, them, them uh, holding up on a base somewhere. But uh, the fifth brother, seventh sister, are right on them at, at, at every, it seems like, uh, there just seems like they're always right behind them. And right now, like I said, this episode just jumps right into it. Uh, I love the way. Here's the thing about this fight. I I love how they show how Kanan and Ezra work together. It, 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 I think you mentioned this before. Like it reminds you of of Anakin and and Obi Wan and what what they could have done. I know we've seen some behind the scenes uh, stuff and and um, cut stuff from from Revenge of the Sith where they had where where Anakin and 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 um, Obi Wan had this. Almost, they had these words that they would say that they knew what the other one was going to do, and kind of like Ezra and Kanan here. I mean, they just they just flow so well with each other. They're able to coordinate with each other. Uh, Kanan, he's at one point he goes cross, and Kanan force pushes Ezra, and they did this last episode, I think, wasn't it? Where they, yeah. yeah. So I just kind of love this stuff. Seeing this new type of of force use where they're they're together and they're using the force not on necessarily their opponents, but to help each other and to enhance each other's uh, maybe shortcomings. So uh, really, really great, fantastic, exciting opening. And I love that. And of course, we got Ezra again, Mike, and his force ability to connect with animals. He connected with his Tibidi and they were able to, to, to save him. I love this, this, this part of it and knowing that he can have this connection with the force and with animals. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, great opening. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, right into the action, right? Yeah, like it's it's uh, no uh, no no break in this episode. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just crazy from beginning to end. Yeah, and uh, I one of, one of the best episodes of the series so far, definitely. I mean, like if if they were all a little bit more like this, I think we'd be oh yeah, we'd be pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I it's just it's. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to to the Inquisitors by the end of this because I think they're really being set up uh, mm-hmm. for some bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to have a bad time. I, th- I think that's the that's the key here is that uh, they they don't have they don't have a heck of a lot of time left. Uh, at least not the seventh sister. It, it seems like oh it no, seems like <laughs> her time might be coming yeah. to an end pretty quick. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it 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 definitely gets right into it. But it does it does importantly show us some of that connection between Kanan and Ezra, 
um, that that I think is is important for later in the episode. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We get into that more, and and just the point that Ezra, he is God. He's he's pretty darn powerful already, and he he's growing so fast. And even even Yoda mentions that, but we'll we'll get there, Mike. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, uh, Ezra goes to see Ahsoka. She's watching a hollow recording of a Jedi lightsaber lesson. The Jedi is her former master, Anakin Skywalker. Ahsoka tells of how An- how kind Anakin was and how he loved his friends. Ezra asks what happened to him. Ahsoka says that the last time she saw him, he was going to save the Chancellor. Then everything changed and the Jedi were destroyed, hunted by the Inquisitors or worse. Kanan enters asking how they can address the problem of the Inquisitors. She says that in times like these, they'd ask Yoda or Obi-Wan. Kanan decides they'll do just that. Go to the Jedi Temple on Lothal and talk to Yoda. One into the next, into the next, and so on. I've made some adjustments to the classic Form 4 techniques that I think you'll find work well against droids and other ranged attackers. Here, I'll show you. One. He's amazing. Three. I've watched these recordings to help me with my own saber training. Five. You should have seen him in person. Again. Anakin Skywalker. Two. He was my master. Pivot. Kanan said he was the greatest warrior the Jedi had in the Clone Wars. He was powerful. Rarely lost a battle. But what a surprise people was how kind he was. He cared deeply about his friends. And looked out for them until the end. Practice these exercises mindfully, and you'll see improvement. I promise. Do you know what happened to him? The last time I saw him, he was rushing off to save the Chancellor. Then everything changed. The war ended, and the Jedi were accused of treason. One by one, they were hunted down. By the Inquisitors. Or worse. Speaking of Inquisitors, Ahsoka, what do you think about us doing the hunting for a change? When you defeated one, two more came. Who's to say we wouldn't multiply our problems yet again? And there's Vader. I don't disagree, but the fact remains we can't protect our friends from Vader and his Inquisitors. I can barely protect you. I don't need protecting. It's times like these that Anakin and I would turn to someone like Obi-Wan or Master Yoda. They always had the answer. Well, almost always. I gotta tell you, Mike, this is one of my... This is this is another standout scene. There's a lot of standout scenes yeah. in this one, but this one, wow. I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, Ezra was watching these training videos. You know, this is a shock to me. I didn't I didn't see this coming. And and to, to see that, and like, okay, wow. I mean... Maybe this is one of the points why he's so good. Uh, he's been training with, he's been kind of training with Anakin. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think the standout um, quote in this particular scene, and it was one of those ones where I go, wait a minute. I rewound it like 10 seconds. Did I just hear what I thought I heard? You know, she says the last time she saw Anakin was rushing off to save the Chancellor. Holy crap. I mean, we got a whole new. Uh, outlook on what's going on with ahsoka now it's like yeah here's more story like what she actually was in communication with him after she had left the order so i think did you see the rebels recon did they i think dave or somebody mentioned that they might uh they're going to go back and maybe tell the story i don't i can't remember what they said but this is some big stuff though mike yeah, it, it it sounded like they they had it planned. They knew mm-hmm. where this was gonna end, uh, where where the Clone Wars was gonna end, and 
and how Ahsoka was going to play into that. Like they had a plan for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we we've seen clips from that one episode that they were pretty the one arc that they were pretty far on, but that they didn't have quite finished mm-hmm. um, with Ahsoka. Uh, but um, it, yeah, it does definitely say to me that uh, that that there was something. Um, that they that connected the two of them right before the end um yeah and and you know we saw that that uh, rex alluded to it or i guess ahsoka alluded to it when when they went after went to find rex the last time that they'd seen each other was at the siege of mandalore mm-hmm. um mandalore is obviously under imperial rule now we we know that because of the that one episode um where the the mandalorian guy is like we work for the empire Right, um, and obviously now they're working with the rebels, but but uh, uh, we know that that at some point Mandalore, after Mandalore was was um, taken over by Death Watch, that the Republic came in and helped them because they were allies towards the end of the war, because um, because you know we in the Kanan comic and and such we we've kind of gotten those pieces. Mm-hmm. So we know that that was towards the end, of, right towards the end of the war. That could be what they were talking, what Ahsoka's talking about. It could have been the Siege of Mandalore was the last time that she saw uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. But uh, uh, it could be a different adventure, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, as we know, the Clone Wars were, were packed full of stuff. So um, I, I think that we will see that eventually in one form or another. Um whether it's a comic or a novel or 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 who knows maybe maybe it'll be an animated movie which i still hold out hope that they'll that they'll start getting into mm-hmm. um but i but obviously the yeah ahsoka was alongside anakin right to the end even if she wasn't a, a jedi anymore she was still involved in some pretty important stuff during the clone wars uh during the end of the clone wars so so we'll we'll find out. I, I I have hope that we'll we'll find out what happened and we'll get those stories sooner or later. Right. But uh, but man, do I love that outfit that that Anakin is trying. <laughs> yeah, in. isn't it great? Yeah. Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. It's got the I'm Rebel Phoenix it. thing on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, and and here's another thing too. Like, um, I love the fact that. Ahsoka still looks at him and, and she's just like still mesmerized. And she said, you know, he was amazing. Uh, yeah. he, and, it, and he, she said he cared deeply about his friends. And of course we all know his, his, his love for his friends and ultimately for Padme is obviously what happened to him and that, that downward slide to the dark side. So yeah. she's kind of cluing us in right there. But. It, it's, it's interesting. Cause I think that she has the same perspective that Obi-Wan does being, mm-hmm. being a former Jedi herself. She understands that Anakin is no longer there. That Vader is, mm-hmm. is, has taken over. And especially, I mean, like Ahsoka has, has some, uh, some experience with it because, uh, on Mortis, she was possessed by the dark side and uh, and that was still her it was still her mind it, but she was very overtaken by the dark side while she was there <clears throat> if you remember when she she had the the evil looking eyes and all that sort of thing um, mm-hmm. so so i think that she could understand 
what that means. And she, you know, she worked alongside Ventress at one point, and and uh, so I think that she she gets it. She gets that, that Anakin. Anakin has been destroyed, and Vader is all that's left, mm-hmm. right? Like that, in, or at least like Obi Wan, she thinks that she understands, right? That. Right. And uh, and obviously, there's still there's still Anakin in there, but uh, but yeah, I, we can talk more about that when we get yeah, to the yeah, right, right, exactly. Uh, I'll continue. Ahsoka, no longer a Jedi, does not participate in the temple opening ritual on the Thal. Kanan and Ezra reach out to raise the ancient construct, only this time it grows further into the sky and a new door appears. They walk inside and decide to meditate, as that was how Kanan and Ezra first communed with Master Yoda. A doorway appears to Kanan, but not to the others. Believing this path is meant for him, Kanan walks into the light. On the other side, Kanan finds himself in a combat training room. A temple guard awaits. The Jedi asks how he can defeat Vader and the Inquisitors. Try to fight and you will fail, the guard says. You will die and your apprentice will become a servant of evil. The guard demands Kanan stand aside so he can destroy Ezra before he turns to the dark side. But Kanan will not let that happen as they start to fight. Meanwhile, the Inquisitors arrive once again, tracking the Jedi. So Kanan goes into this door. Uh, He's the only one that sees it. So now we're in this Jedi temple and we're into this... um, you know, Luke cave type of stuff again. Yeah. And he sees the, uh, the temple guard and the temple guard is actually laying it out to him. It's kind of like, you know, Luke, Luke destroying Vader and seeing his face in it. You know, he's kind of giving him a, a, an idea like where stuff is going. And at this point he's telling us that Ezra is going evil. Um, and that Kanan's not going to be able to stop it. Is that kind of what you got out of this, Mike? Yeah, I yeah, it's it's interesting what what the temple guard says try to fight and you will fail. Mm-hmm. Um is is kind of the key to all of this. I uh, and I think that it it alludes to something that Yoda says towards the end of the Clone Wars. Um and and it actually it comes up again in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh that that the the time for the Jedi to fight is over, and yet here we have three Jedi. I mean, Ahsoka's not considering herself a Jedi, but but I I, I don't know. I think that they, she's a little bit wrong in that sense. Um, she's just become a different type of Jedi. Mm-hmm. But uh, as long as Kanan and Ezra try and fight, that's that the, the, they only put themselves in more danger <clears throat> because. That's not the will of the Force at this moment in time. It's not like there. There's a prophecy, and that prophecy will fulfill itself in time. But as Obi Wan and Yoda come to understand, they have to wait for that time to present itself. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Kanan is trying to force it, um, and 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 but all uh, at the same time, I think that Kanan and Ezra have a very important role to play in the formation of the rebellion and in uh, with the formation of the rebellion obviously uh the 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 path of luke skywalker and and the redemption of darth vader right like that's all roads point to that Mm -hmm. like that's the thing is that anything that happens right now has to be happening in order to support 
that because that's what that's what's supposed to happen and obi-wan and yoda realize like we can't fight like when when yoda fights palpatine and palpatine defeats him he he goes like i failed and i have to go into exile mm-hmm. that's there's that's the only like it's the only reason he failed because he was supposed to fail mm-hmm. right and it's it's it, there's a bit of of a, of a you know destiny fate aspect to that but it's also it's also a bit of a zen thing of like the harder you try the it's like quicksand right the more you fight the deeper you sink right and and i think that that was that was the jedi's ultimate failure was not realizing that they had been goaded into becoming servants of palpatine uh without without knowing it mm-hmm. right right like they were they were not behaving as jedi they were behaving a lot more like sith they were they were warriors and they were fighting battles and as much as they thought that it was to to protect peace and justice it was actually in the service of a sith lord uh and and exactly what he wanted from the beginning so the more they fought the worse it became for the jedi and the more they sealed their fate and yoda realizes like no we have to stop fighting and we have to wait for the opportunity to end this mm-hmm. not to fight it but to end it um because if you fight the war the war keeps going right but but if they waited um and luke didn't learn this lesson either right oh yeah, he, yeah. he leaves before he finishes exactly. his training and it ends up causing everybody all kinds of pain um but that that like they needed to wait and when the time was right the force would present it right it would it would open that that door and and the path would become apparent so um i think that that's what that's the lesson that's being taught here and if you've if you've watched the rebels recon Pablo talks about these visions in that light that these are actually <clears throat> there's truth in them but in the events so we're not quite there yet we'll talk about that mm-hmm. but right. um but they these are lessons from Yoda that Yoda is is trying to impart something on each of these three Jedi that are in the temple and and that Yoda is 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 trying to teach them something and that and I I took this as as Kanan's final trial right oh it's, yeah uh, for sure he's been through a few other things but this is the final trial and uh, and 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 we'll see what happens when he comes out the other side uh, yeah yeah this is kind of like the Empire Strikes Back uh, Rebels uh, uh, you yeah. know what I mean like just the tone and and some of the stuff you have to really think about but uh go ahead mike we'll continue uh inside yeah inside ahsoka and ezra discuss master yoda the tegruda claims that when she was young yoda seemed happier but as the clone war dragged on he carried a great burden a deep sorrow as if he knew before anyone else that one time was ending and another beginning with that ezra vanishes and appears in a great star field opposite master yoda Unlike their last encounter, he can now see the ancient being. Yoda recognizes Ezra's growing abilities, and with them, danger. You knew Master Yoda. 
Yes. He taught almost all of the younglings in the temple at one point or another. Kanan described him to me. Small, green, and, and wrinkly with pointy ears. But he didn't know what he was really like. I'm not sure anyone did. He was wise, kind. But when I was young, he seemed happier. As the Clone War dragged on, he carried a great burden. A deep sorrow. As if he knew before anyone else that one time was ending and another beginning. Master Yoda? You're here! Oh, I hear you. <laughs> Last time I couldn't see you. Ah, growing your abilities are. And with them, danger. So, Mike, one of the things that uh, I got out of this was, like, first of all, I love that Ahsoka's explaining to Ezra that you know, he was, he was kind, but he had this great, uh, she says, she, he has a great burden and a deep sorrow. So obviously, I think from this, and, and even Yoda said it in uh, Attack of the Clones, he said, you know, the shroud of the dark side has fallen. So yeah. I think he already knows that what's going to happen. I think he knows that, and he's, he's kind of, he's yeah. had these visions, and he's almost like sad and is sorrowful because there's no, he knows it's coming, and he has nothing he can do to stop it. And he, as much as he tries... He can't stop it, and he he recognizes that. And I, I think Osoka is telling the audience that uh, that that is what he's feeling. I don't know what uh, you kind of got that as well. Yeah, well, definitely his vision at the end of the Clone Wars series, uh, which mm-hmm. is the the series finale of the Clone Wars. I uh, in, in his vision in that final episode, <clears throat> I believe that he sees everything that's about to happen. He sees mm-hmm. he sees Vader, and he sees you know the the destruction of the jedi and and all of that he he knows that it's coming right but he also knows that this is this is going to happen whether he fights it or not and that that um it kind of has to happen mm-hmm. um and so yeah like th- there is there is like that element to the character where he definitely uh, I, I do think that he knows. I think that, that yeah, really yeah. And this is part of it where, and we'll get into it a little bit more, just in a little bit. I think um, I think you kind of touched on this briefly a minute ago. That you know, will this end up? Will Kanan and Ezra end up defying Yoda, kind of like Yoda, kind of like Luke did? Like yeah. you know, like hey, I gotta, I gotta do this. We're here to fight. Because even even Ezra's saying this. You know, I'm, I want to fight for my friends. And wow. I, I know I've heard that before when Luke said it, you know, like my friends, I got to go help them. So are they going down that same path? And it sounds, <clears throat> sounds a little bit like they are. Um, Kanan and the temple guard continue their battle. The guards attack, the guards attack never ending. Kanan reaches for an additional weapon. You will never be strong enough to save your pupil, the guard says, and you will perish for your failure. At that moment, two more temple guards join the fight. Uh, sorry, uh, Ahsoka, still meditating, hears a voice. It is familiar. It calls to her. It's Anakin. Anakin asks Ahsoka why she left as, uh, as his tone grows dark. Anakin tells her she was selfish, that she abandoned him, and that she failed him. His image changes to that of his new self, Darth Vader, 
and Ahsoka screams. Normally, I wouldn't put this uh, particular part into the audio portion, but because uh, we kind of heard it already before. But man, I, it's still I, I heard it. And I was watching it, and I'm like, man, it's just so powerful that you gotta you gotta emphasize, you know, what's going on here. And Ahsoka finally, finally, you know, getting getting proof through this vision that that uh, the last time she saw Anakin, he was rushing to save the Chancellor. Now he's you know. He's obviously Darth Vader, and and she finally realizes, and she see the tear go down her face, and she realizes this, and 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 uh, all this weight that all of a sudden kind of maybe comes down on her, like because he's telling her, man, you failed me, you know, you're the one that abandoned me when I needed you, because they did, Mike, they did have this, and we've talked about this on the on the front lines back back in the day, you know, it's yeah. like these two had this special relationship, and I obviously to me they were closer than. Than Obi Wan and Anakin, you know, or he was closer to her than than Obi Wan, because they shared this master apprentice relationship, and and he shared so much with her, and and I, and again we talked about how she knew, I, we think she knew that he was that he was married to Padme, or you know, uh, I guess maybe a girlfriend at the time, or whatever you want to call it, but she knew d- details that maybe most of the other Jedi didn't know. We think Obi-Wan kind of knew something yeah. was obviously too, but just the connection they had and she's just devastated. And she's now she's taken on this burden. I think that she was the one that obviously turned him to, uh, to the dark side. So powerful clip, seeing her cry and scream at the realization of what's going on. Uh, I just had to highlight that particular thing. what do you think of this scene, Mike? Yeah, for sure. Um, and again, we have to take all of these visions Mm-hmm. With the 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 knowledge that Yoda is somewhat controlling them, mm-hmm. and that this to me this is Yoda's way of both telling Ahsoka as well as conf- forcing her to confront her own feelings, mm-hmm. because. There, sometimes we internalize things and when we internalize them we can we can be pretty hard on ourselves and, and pretty negative and say like you know I made this mistake I screwed this up uh, and we don't but we don't really think about it consciously until someone points out that that's what we're doing mm-hmm. right and so I think that Ahsoka has she's internalized all of her perceived mistakes at leaving the Jedi Order and all that in fact when she left the Jedi Order she was on the same path that Yoda and Obi-Wan would end up on. She just figured it out a lot sooner than they did. 
mm-hmm. which like like that's the that's the really interesting thing about her character is that kind of almost in her innocence in her youth she sees through it she sees all of the mistakes that the jedi order is making and says like you know like if they were so quick to to bow to the republic and to go along with them even though they knew that it wasn't right then then i don't want to be a part of this jedi order right mm-hmm. and that's why i say when she when she says i'm no longer a jedi to me i go like well i don't agree with that i think that you're more jedi than than anybody in the order was right like cuz mm-hmm. in the same way that obi-wan and yoda become true jedi in their seclusion and i'm going to throw luke skywalker into this now that we yeah. know his fate in, sure. in the force awakens um that that there is a certain element of um you have to i think you have to get to that point where you realize that the only way to win is not to fight and mm-hmm. that's that's also kind of coming from uh, uh tron legacy <laughs> uh, uh, in which uh, 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 Kevin Flynn is also <laughs> he's also a Jedi master in that movie mm-hmm. um, even though it might be a completely different situation that's totally what his character is in that he's he's totally playing Kevin Flynn as Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. um, probably one of the reasons why I love that movie so much I uh, but but yeah, the, like there's a there that that's a that's a, a, a Taoist uh, a Buddhist principle that the only way to win is not to play, not to play the game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And and so, Ahsoka kind of realizes that, but but she has a lot of guilt over it, uh, and obviously as she fig- starts to put together what has happened to Anakin. Um, she blames, she starts to blame herself. And I think that this is Yoda's way of saying, like, this is, you blame yourself. This is how you see yourself. This is, like, this is what you think the situation is. And by forcing her to confront it, she screams no. Then she can start to work past that and and come to the realization that no, Anakin's choices were his own. Mm -hmm. If she were there, she might not necessarily have been able to, to stop it. Um, and, and she is not responsible for his decisions. She's only responsible for her own Mm -hmm. and she can't hold herself accountable for the things that Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader has done. Mm -hmm. Um, and only once she deals with that, can she then confront Vader, which we know is coming up towards the end of the season, uh, and, and possibly an end to her arc. Um, which I will have to see what that means, but but yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it seems like things are coming to a head, and Ahsoka is not around in the Force Awakens. So <laughs> to me, yeah. that says she dies in one of two places: either before A New Hope, or uh-huh. at the hands of the Knights of Ren. And uh, uh, yeah, okay. it's one or the other, right? Yeah. Uh, same yeah. with Kanan and Ezra. Yeah, they're either gonna die, or not necessarily die, but their their stories are either gonna end before that or before a new hope or after return of the jedi because they're not in those movies mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah so it's it's kind of important yeah that, uh, that that they be dealt with in one way or another but we'll see yeah yeah i know it's it's like i said it brings ahsoka face to face with her with her choice to to leave the order and that guilt 
um, that the decision uh, is just coming on to her now. So uh, let's see, we'll continue here. Ezra continues his talk with Master Yoda. He asks how they can destroy Vader and his Inquisitors. Yoda tells Ezra of the end of the Jedi and how the Clone War warped who they were. But it is so wrong to fight. But is it wrong to fight for your friends? Yoda says that he was consumed by fear through fighting. A challenge lifelong it is not to be not to bend fear into anger. Then dust and rock begin to fall around them. The Inquisitors are raising the temple. And we finish our, uh, you know, Ezra finishes his talk with Yoda and he's talking about the fear thing, uh, which is a big thing that leads to the dark side. Obviously, we all know that. And that Yoda himself uh, was fearful. And uh, this is where, again, where I think that we're getting Ezra is, is really adamant about fighting for his friends. And we could be on this, and, and well, should we talked about it earlier about where this, where the end of this season goes. So I yeah. think, I think uh, that's where we're headed. You know, is is Ezra's not going to, he's going to stand and he's going to fight and he's going to, you know, want to help his friends. So I think that's where we're headed, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you want to keep going here? We got. Yeah, uh, uh, Kanan. Sorry. Is, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. good. Kanan's battle rages on, but he is beaten, and the walls are crumbling. You cannot fight forever, the Temple Guard says. Finally, Kanan acknowledges the truth and deactivates his lightsaber. He can't protect Ezra forever. All he can do is train him the best he can. The guard raises his weapon one last time and knights Kanan. He is now a Jedi. The temple guard removes his mask, revealing himself to be the Grand Inquisitor. Kanan is now what he once was, a knight of the Jedi Order. Uh, he tells Kanan to go, and he will delay the enemy. So, uh, this is this this is like the big twist of the episode, and right. and some people had predicted this beforehand. Yeah, uh, yeah, when we got that preview and and we heard the the temple guard's voice for the first time, and I thought like uh, that could be it. It could also be like a red herring. Like maybe they got they got um, the what's the voice actor's name again? Oh, that is Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs to yeah. come back and do this, but as like sort of a, a a bit of a red herring of like, oh, is this is is this the Inquisitor? But yeah, it ends up being the Grand Inquisitor, um, from last season, and mm. uh, and we discover that possibly the Grand Inquisitor was once a, a temple guard. And that, uh, and that, and a Jedi Knight, yeah, and a Jedi Knight, and mm -hmm. that he was uh, uh, turned to the dark side, right? I uh, so very interesting, um, and also very interesting to see him kind of returned to his former state because he's like his the coloring's a little bit different, like his eyes are different. Mm -hmm. um, he he doesn't look as evil, um, so I, I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but what's more important here is that is that Kanan becomes a, a knight, uh, finally. Uh, yeah, he, he's, yeah. He's he's officially knighted. Wow. Um, and it's coming from Yoda, so so it's it's pretty official. Um, so yeah, I I, but the, the, it's it's exactly what we were saying. Like you can't you can't fight forever, and he realizes that he can't he won't be able to protect Ezra. That Ezra has to protect himself, and that he just has to train him um but this is kanan get finally getting to this point we've talked about it a lot that kanan thinks that he's not 
qualified to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it in season one when he he was trying to they they went to rescue, uh, I, um, Luminara, I uh, in order to like oh we'll we'll get this Jedi Master and then this Jedi Master will be able to train you properly, right? And and Ezra was kind of like that's not what I want. I want to be trained by you, but, um. But but Kanan's always kind of beaten himself up for that. He's always kind of said like, "Well, you know, I turn my back on the Jedi and and that sort of thing." But this is Yoda saying to him like, "No, you're you're on the path. You're on the path you're supposed to be on. Mm-hmm. You're a Jedi Knight." And so I, I our our uh, derelict Padawan is now an official Jedi Knight, and and uh, we'll see how that affects his character forward right but i do think that it'll have a profound effect on him and i think that after what's coming up uh that that his character is going to change mm-hmm. even more yeah. um and i said it last week and i'll say it again this week i think it's time for costume changes for some of these characters yeah yeah like their new status yeah and uh and i think kanan is 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 definitely in there like kanan Kanan needs to take on the appearance more so of a Jedi because right now he looks more like like a, 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 a bounty hunter, yeah, to or me, like a bounty hunter. Like yeah. I, I mean, his his design is very very much based on Kyle Katarn from uh, from the the Dark Forces video games. I uh, like the 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 ribbed sweater. Sort yeah. of look, mm-hmm. as well as the uh, the the pauldron and all that uh, is very very influenced by by that character's design, um, as well as the lightsaber and a blaster. Uh, but but I think it's time for for Kanan to embrace uh, his his Jedi heritage a little bit more. I would love it if if he came back in season three with uh, an outfit that was a little bit more like what Anakin was wearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, in yeah. this episode. Yeah. Uh, to give him sort of that Jedi training, the the training gear, but maybe maybe beef it up a little bit more. So it's not training gear, but it's more more like battle armor. But Because uh, I know that the robes are, are difficult for them to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they're very expensive, as they say. But yeah. But yeah. Uh, hopefully we get that. Hopefully we get a new design for Ezra and, and some of the other characters. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, we know that's coming. Um, yeah, one of the one of the one of my favorite parts in this episode was this culmination of of Kane's vision. And I know a lot of maybe some of you out there that are listening maybe are confused. Like, wait a minute, how is the Inquisitor like alive now? What's going on? And of course, again, like I said, this is a vision. Uh, you know, in classic Jedi fashion, you know, he learns a Kane learns this lesson. Uh, and he gets rewarded as being a Jedi Knight when he least expects it. You know, he thinks he's going to die and he gets he gets knighted. But again, this is a vision. Obviously, we know we saw the Inquisitor get killed in season one. Yeah. Uh, but this is stuff that, you know, we found out that in the past he was a Jedi Knight. He was a temple guard. And, uh, and this is, again, this is one of those cave scenes where uh, Kanan learns this lesson and he actually passed the test, much like Luke didn't pass when he was in the cave, at least he didn't, yeah. you know, so that's what's going on. In it. And this happens again, uh, just in a minute here. Well, let's, uh, let's, I'll finish it up, Mike, and then we'll, we'll finish talking about this. Ezra still yeah. talking with Yoda, 
reiterates the rebels are going to fight. This troubles the old master and leaves the Padawan with one last instruction, find Malachor. The Inquisitors are inside uh, ready to strike, but when the Grand Inquisitor appears before them, they are dumbfounded. The Grand Inquisitor closes in flanked by other guardsmen and delivers blows upon the dark side warriors. They vanish in a flash of white light. As the temple uh, rumbles, the Jedi make their escape. Ahsoka stops a moment, however. Uh, looking back, she sees her old friend Yoda. He smiles and waves, and Ahsoka smiles back before following Kanan and Ezra. The three make it back to the Phantom, and Ezra relays Yoda's message. Malachor isn't a person, it's a place. While the Jedi, temple are, uh, while the Jedi are safe, the temple is lost. Now in the hands of the Empire and Sith, now in the hands of the uh, hands of the Empire and Sith, the fifth brother informs the Sith Lord that the Jedi are growing in their power. I saw Master Yoda. Saw him? What did he say? He said to find Malachor. Who's Malachor? Malachor isn't a person. It's a place. will be most pleased with this discovery. Lord Vader, the Jedi are growing in their power. It will be their undoing. Oh, yes, they tease us with Darth Vader again. I love when they do that. Uh, but, Mike, here's the thing. Um, obviously, this is going to be really confusing, and it confused me a little bit. I'm sure it confused some of the some of the other listeners out there, this one scene where the Inquisitors surround the, uh, not the Inquisitors, the uh, Temple Guards surround the Inquisitors, and all of a sudden they close in, and I thought, okay, they just killed both Inquisitors, and then they turn up later on. So that's a little baffling. I'm not exactly sure what to make of that. Um, can you kind of help us out with that? Because I'm kind of confused on that one as well. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what happened. Like, was it just a uh, kind of like a ghost type thing, and it kind of knocked them out, maybe, or something, and then they woke up again and, and escaped? I don't know. What, yeah, you got I, I do. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's basically what it was. Um, mm-hmm. I, the, as the Grand Inquisitor says to to Kanan, I will delay them. Right. Right. He doesn't okay. say like, oh, well, let me handle this. Right. Like, I'm, I'm going to kill these guys for you. He's like, yeah. no, I'm going to make sure that they that they can't follow you out of here. Um, mm. And that's basically what happens is, is okay. you yeah, know, those they, they get delayed. And then and then uh, the re- our, our rebel Jedis are, are allowed to escape. Okay. Um, but I uh, sense, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, and and the temple's not totally destroyed, right? So, so as Vader says, you know, the Emperor is going to be very pleased that they found yeah. a, a Jedi temple that they a can temple. that they can steal a bunch of stuff from and then destroy. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I think it was just that simple aspect of you know they they're just. Uh, just delayed. delayed just yeah. just almost just distracted yeah right like, to okay. the point where like it, nothing really happened to them they were just mm-hmm. yeah they just they got they slimed just, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey uh well and they also mentioned malachor so 
I know that Malakar has been mentioned before in the the episode Missing in Action as far as the Clone Wars. They mentioned it. And also, I believe it was in KOTOR, maybe, um, or Star Wars, I think, Commander or something like that. So it's been mentioned before, but we're actually, it sounds like we're going to see that and maybe going there fairly soon. Uh, I know you have the Force Awakens Visual Dictionary, don't you, Mike? Or have you read it? Because I, I know I know Mal I know Malachor is mentioned in the Force Awakens visual yes. dictionary and it's talked about it's like an ancient place so um, <clears throat> obviously if you have the book you you know more because I don't have the book I haven't got a chance to pick it up yet but I know it's mentioned in there but it sounds like we're going there and this is the the point where I think Ezra has that you know the, the saber that's um, looks like Kylo Ren's saber so yeah I don't I don't know if we're going there this year I maybe we are I guess so maybe in the last the two-part finale, we might be, we might be going there. So <clears throat> they mentioned that. So that's kind of a, a question that's out there. But this episode had a lot of those, um, had a lot of questions. You know, it's like, hey, uh, what's happening with with Ezra? What's going to happen with Kanan? What's happening with Ahsoka? Yeah. Um, and her her knowing what happened in the Ven- Revenge of the Sith era. So there's a lot of questions that came out of here, and I can't wait to see where they go and, and when they answer these in whatever form they do. So yeah, this is one of those episodes, Mike, I, I, I loved it. Um, we're getting into that meat now and it's so cool to see all this stuff. I mean, this episode had a bunch of stuff in it, you know, like I said, everything from Vader to the Inquisitors to, to Yoda. So what did you, Oh, real quick. what do you think of the Yoda? Um, uh, the, the way he was an, the design. I, a lot of people yeah. didn't like it and I, I kind of look past it. That doesn't really bother me. I don't really care, but oh, what do you think about it? Um, I, I see what they were going for. I think that they they missed the mark a little tiny bit. He it, yeah. it was just a little bit too odd. Um, but but yeah. I I saw what they were attempting. Mm. Um, and and if you look at the concept art, you'll see it a little. You go go to StarWars.com and look at the 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 episode guide for this episode. Go into the concept art and look at what the concept art that they had put together for Yoda and you'll see how they got to what they got to. Um, I will say that I, I, oh man, I, I had looked it up and I forgot to, to bring it up for this. Um, I, but the design the, I, I think that the design of it is very much based on, um, Oh man. They were going for something. I remember. I, I don't know if I read name. it. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find the guy's name really quick. There were a few people who worked on, on the Yoda puppet, and one of them. You're talking about Stuart Freeborn? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Who like he, he talks about it. He he designed the. Yeah, he, I he 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 designed Yoda after a couple of people. And after himself, too. one of them was himself. Like it right. was, it yeah. was kind of a Kermit the Frog, Albert Einstein, and and a little bit of himself in there as right. well. And uh, and I think I look at it, and when I see that that new design for Rebels, that's what I see. Is I, I see I see a little bit of Stuart Freeborn in there. I because it's definitely like that's his mouth. Um, if you look at pictures of him, uh, that that Yoda's mouth is his mouth, and right. then the eyes are are those Einstein, 
Einsteinian eyes and then the 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 hair, the little wispies of hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you know he's obviously he's green like Kermit, because uh, yeah. uh, he's a frogling. That's the only thing that we've ever heard his species referred to as, and it's only by George Lucas. I uh, I but I. Uh, uh, yeah, like I, I think that that's what they were going for. I think that that was sort of their inspiration, was was to pull from that, mm-hmm. um, and that makes sense to me. I uh, but yeah. I mean, like really, if you look at those, if you look at that concept art, you'll see that they were just kind of trying to translate Yoda into the rebel style, and right. it some of it worked some of it didn't i think they ended up making the eyes a little bit too big um and bigger than they had in in the initial design and and i think his head's just a little bit too rounded i think that that's kind of the problem is that his head's just a little bit too too spherical um and that yoda's head is much more of like a squashed sphere that comes to a bit of a point at the top and that had they done a little bit more of that, that, that it would have been a little bit better. But mm-hmm. yeah, I love the way that, you know. Uh, like I said, I I didn't have, really have a problem with that. It doesn't really bother yeah. me. No. Um, no. So uh, no, like I said, good stuff, man. And and it was really cool to see uh, Yoda kind of waving at Ahsoka and to kind of her turn around and kind of waving back. It's like, oh man. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's kind of a little emotional moment there. So love that. So good stuff, man. Um, with that, Mike, we'll go into uh, next time yeah. on Star Wars Rebels. It is called The Forgotten Droid, and here's a quick little taste. Ah, I see someone's interested in a new strut, one that matches. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't charge you an arm and a leg for it <laughs> all right so chopper gets left behind at an imperial outpost he forms an unlikely friendship with an imperial droid and discovers a base location for the rebels so uh, he talked i know there's another clip going around where he's he's trying to replace his uh, one of his legs mm-hmm. uh that's on uh, youtube as well so uh, we're getting, a, it looks like a Chopper-centric uh, double episode yeah. or two back-to-back. So I, I got to admit, I'm not a huge Chopper fan, so I'm not sure how these are going to fly for me. But uh, I think you know the Chopper thing is just like a, a side note to uh, what's really going on and about this, about this new base that the Rebels might have. So I'm looking forward to see where they go and, and what they use or what planet they use as a base. So... Uh, I know. Are you a Chopper fan, Mike? Uh, you know, like I, I like Chopper. Uh, he's, he's. I don't know how high I would rank him in my favorite yeah. droids, in my favorite droid companions. Um, yeah. But I, I, I mean, he's definitely lower than R two, and he's definitely lower than BB eight. But I yeah. do like him. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the characterization of Chopper is great. I like this, the, the bits of backstory that we've gotten, especially recently, about the fact that that. Uh, Hera built him. Yeah, from way back reasons, in the Clone Wars era. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons why he's so kind of piecemeal, and and uh, and so I'm excited to get a little bit of his backstory. But I do know that uh, my wife Crystal, she loves Chopper. 
Oh, yeah. She like she, but she loves the droids. Like she, those are her favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Are like R two, BB eight, Chopper. Like those are always some of her favorites. Yeah. Um, and I know that there are a lot of kids out there that love Chopper. That that Chopper is their favorite character. So mm-hmm. um, we definitely saw a lot of that at Star Wars Celebration. Um, yeah, a few kids who are like just obsessed with Chopper. So <laughs> and it's yeah. it, like it's. It makes perfect sense. He's kind of designed for them, right? Um, he's like R two, but he's just a little bit more obnoxious, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I love, I love that you can have those three astromech characters of R two, Chopper, and BB eight, and they are th- like from an aesthetic point of view. I mean, obviously BB eight has the ball, uh, but. Other than that, they are so similar. I mean, like they have similar faces. They're 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 similar in design, right? Right. Like the, the, right. the core concept of them being like a body with the little dome head, um, and yet with so little to work with, their personalities are so different. Mm-hmm. They're so so different, and that you can really like you can say R two is this. And Chopper is this, and BB-8 is this, and uh, and although there are similarities between the three of them, they they like just like house pets, like they they have their own little personalities and quirks and stuff like that. And I do think that Chopper, out of all three of those characters, has the most personality. Uh, so uh, some would call it an excessive personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I I think that he will be able to to carry a story on his own. Um, yeah. And I am, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking forward to it in, in the sense that like, like let's see how far they can push that character. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I hope that he gets that matching leg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, he started out as being kind of like, I remember the first season, he kind of got our, our heroes into trouble all the time. I was yeah. like, man, this, this, this droid is jacked, but um, this this particular season's kind of turned around. He's helped a lot, so we'll see yeah. how we'll see how it goes with uh, with the next episode. That yeah, for sure. is going to do it for this week, though. Yep, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest in Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com where Tim keeps you guys up to date everything you need to know. Uh, and of course you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebels podcast as well as on Twitter at rebels podcast you can also follow me I'm at arkwolf A-R-K-W-U-L-F and you can follow Matt at the crankster that's yes. crankster with a K thank you uh, and I, uh, we are part of the Thunderquack podcast network uh, head to thunderquack.com to check out all of our other podcasts uh, let's see what's a good one to hype right now. Uh, let, let's let's go with Talking Time Lords, which is uh, Jason who does the intro for our podcast. Uh, he's uh, he he hosts that along with Paul, and they uh, they talk Doctor Who over there at Talking Time Lords. So you can check out that and all of our other awesome podcasts by heading to thunderquack.com. And if you like our podcasts, you can head to Patreon.com/thunderquack and chip in your support. I we're actually we're actually in the midst of an overhaul at Patreon. So um, if you've had there, headed there before and and didn't see any rewards that were to your liking, uh, check back in the next couple of weeks 
um, by by the beginning of April, uh, a lot of our reward tiers will be uh, undergoing uh, some overhauls to uh, to to sort of uh, adjust the values, let's say, um, and uh, and hopefully get get more people uh, in there and uh, 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 getting rewards that they feel are worth the amount of money that they're pledging. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not that we've had any complaints, but I know that there there's a bit of a, uh, it, it, there's a learning curve, right? You kind of start out and you go, okay, I think this is, this is good. And now I've kind of looked at other Patreons and gone, ah, maybe we're a little bit high on some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've kind of, we've brought, we'll be bringing some of the prices down. On, on some of those reward tiers. Um, for example, I'll give you guys one one tidbit, and that is that uh, entry into our Facebook, our exclusive Facebook group for Thunderquack Patreon supporters will be going from $5 to $1. So basically everybody who supports us over at Patreon will, will get an invite to that Facebook group. So if that's something that you've thought about, but $5 was a bit much, um, I know if you're supporting other Patreons like I do, that that you know they start to add up, and it, and it it can it can get it can be, get pretty expensive pretty quick, and you know uh, add on Netflix and mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, uh, iTunes music or whatever music streaming service you use or whatever, like all these monthly fees tend to add up. So right. uh, with that in mind, we're we're trying to pull it back. The idea being that uh, we can get more people supporting us at lower amounts, so it's easier for everybody, but that uh, that we still are able to uh, uh, support our podcast and bring you guys awesome content uh, and and new content, exciting mm-hmm. new content. So right. look forward to that in the next little bit. Uh, of course. We're we're still doing our uh, our quarterly giveaways, and everybody who supports us at Patreon at a dollar or more gets entered into those giveaways. So now, not only do you, do you get entered into the quarterly giveaway, the the next one, which will be at the end of this month, uh, but you also get entrance into the Facebook group, the exclusive Thunder Thunderquack Patreon Club on Facebook, uh, where uh, you can have awesome discussions with other uh, nerdy people about all sorts of things. <laughs> we were talking about Ghostbusters this week. We were talking about uh, uh, a really cool topic that that, uh, that I think is really interesting. Mark Hamill made some comments about maybe Luke Skywalker oh, I could, saw that. could be gay, could be bisexual. It's not. It's never clearly stated, so it's open to interpretation. So we had some... We've been, we've been bringing up some cool subjects and, and, and talking some cool stuff over there. Um and uh, and we would love it if you guys would join us. So head to patreon.com slash thunderquack to get in on that. Um, oh, I guess I should say the prizes for our quarterly giveaway. So right now we've got a $25 Amazon gift card and uh, a digital iTunes copy of the Batman v Superman soundtrack uh, that are in there. And uh, and before we do the drawing, we'll add at least one more prize in there. I'm kind of, We're kind of searching around. And looking for for right the right prizes um, to uh, to throw in there for you guys I, I, that are based around our theme, mm-hmm. our our uh, our our uh, Batman v Superman theme. So so stay tuned for for more of that. Uh, head to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack to uh, to chip in. Uh, uh, check out Thunderquack.com, Rebelspodcast.com. 
and uh, and and that's it. Uh, yeah. We will be back in a couple of weeks for uh, uh, the Forgotten Droid. Uh, next week is a week off, right? right. Um, and then we'll be back after that uh, the following week. But uh, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. See you next week or a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs>